Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. We've got a mini episode for you today, and we are doing Beyond Skyline. Yes, the sequel to the 2010 Skyline, in case you didn't know that that movie existed. <laughs> like yours truly right here. <laughs> uh, but you don't need to see the original to know what's going on in this sequel, because it's pretty different from the first one. Now, to start off, this was done by a production company called XYZ Films, and... XYZ Films has a pretty good catalog going right now. They've sort of found their niche. They're kind of doing action, thriller, horror, stuff that's low budget but high end, kind mm -hmm. of. Uh, they did. Uh, they were involved in Mom and Dad, which we talked about last mini episode, right? Was that the last mini episode? Yeah, and they, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get lose. I get. I lose track. Um, I listen to them out of order. Like, as a fan, I listen to them out of order. So I, I lose track of what order we did them in. But they did Mom and Dad. They did Brawl and Cell Block 99. They did the two Raid movies. Anything you can kind of think of that's on sort of that level, they probably had a hand in. Yeah, they really like their genre films. Yeah, and I could totally see where this one fits in. Even though this is their first sci-fi, they just seem like sci-fi action film type genre makers. Right, yeah. I mean, it totally fits in with their Raid style. And we'll get into why in a second here when we talk about like the cast. But this was directed by uh, Liam O'Donnell, who has only been credited, really, as the writer of Skyline, the original, um, and now he's the writer-director of Beyond Skyline, and he uh, is an effects guy that used to work for Strauss Brothers, who directed Skyline. Mm -hmm. He also wrote this. Did you mention that? Yeah, he wrote Skyline mm -hmm. and Beyond Skyline, and he came in and directed Beyond. So Yeah. He, he, you know, birthed this world that we've been thrown in here. <laughs> Made his leap into directing and uh, brought together a pretty cool cast. So we get Frank Grillo from Marvel. He did one of the um, Anarchy movies. What oh, yeah, Purge Anarchy. Yeah, Purge yep, Anarchy. Yep. In my opinion, should have been The Punisher because he totally fits that bill. But he's already in the Marvel world as Crossbones, so I guess, I guess it couldn't happen then. Yeah, Crossbones was a cool character. Uh, we also get in the cast some model that plays a bus driver or train driver, which is the weirdest casting I've ever seen. And then we've also got uh, the two uh, main dudes from The Raid. We've got Eco. Mm -hmm. is, he's one of the stars of this movie. He's the and in the credits, so he probably got paid the most. Um, and then Mad Dog is in this as well. I gotta say, Eco has become quite a good little actor. Mm -hmm. Like, he's good. He's got a great screen presence. He's, he's super watchful. He was already great in the Raid movies, but now that he's sort of crossed over into more, like, American genre stuff, he's really, really good. Yeah, and his English has gotten good, too. Yeah, he's really interesting to watch. He's just, with his uh, style, he's very fast. His mm -hmm. English has improved. I mean, I don't... He's just a guy you put on the camera and a lot of people want to watch, and especially the eastern part of the world and that's why he's the and and makes the most money yeah and he's he's great in this movie uh and that's that's the connection to the raid 
from besides XYZ, I think they probably wanted to get involved with this because those guys are involved and they get to do a little bit of their action shtick at the end of the movie here. Yeah, so let's get into this whole thing. It's It takes place at the exact same time as the original Skyline, which I have not seen. The aliens come down, the blue light comes, people are sucked up into a ship. We find our drunk ex-cop who's picking up his son from being arrested because he's having troubles losing his mom, which his name is Rose. Yeah. And then we start the adventure of them basically running from the aliens, getting caught by the aliens, and then ending up somewhere in, I don't know, Thailand? I don't know where they're at. Indonesia? No clue. They say really fast where it is, but like it's so nondescript when you're there. It's basically just like an open field. I, I forgot. Like, I legit just forgot where they're supposed to be in that, that second half of the movie. And yeah, this movie's sectioned off really weird. You sort of go from recap of the first one, which it's not a recap of the first one. It supposedly happens the same time as the original, but like it covers the same ground that the original does, I guess, where you get the characters and the invasion and the aftermath of the invasion. The middle portion of the movie is on the ship once they've been taken, and it's a lot of action set pieces and some cool sets, things like that of the ship, and we get a lot of aliens then. And that's sort of what the end of the first Skyline was. And it was like, cool, you saw it, you saw that world for like a second, and that's what made kind of it interesting in that movie. But we spend 30 to 40 minutes of it in this movie, and it kind of loses interest a little bit. And then you shift over to this, yeah, open field, which I don't know is supposed to be Thailand or Indonesia or whatever. That's when you meet the raid guys. So yeah, we've got it sectioned off very specifically. Yeah, it goes from LA, spaceship, somewhere in Oriental East. I don't. I honestly wish I knew and they pointed it out, but I don't think it really matters. It's supposed to be some country where they're running drugs to the U.S. to make money to stop their corrupt police force. Yeah. So that, that's sort of the way the movie flows, and that's the basic plot. It's just Frank Grillo trying to survive and save his family and his the people he's met along the way. That's basically the plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go into the pros and cons of this movie, I think one of the cons are, if you break down all the characters, they are cookie cutter. None of them really matter. You have an alcoholic ex-cop and we don't even know if he's an alcoholic maybe he's just having a drinking problem right now but you know a cop who's struggling with his feelings drinking to submerge them we've seen that yeah we've seen it and they don't they don't own it like they could have pushed it so much further and they don't like Mm -hmm. we get that he's an alcoholic in the opening scene and then at one point when he's on the ship he says i need a drink and that's it like they sort of drop it it, it is dropped because it was put in there just to have something for the character. It doesn't define the character, which if you're going to do that, why even use it? Yeah, exactly. There's no point in it being there. Uh, same thing kind of with the delinquent son and their kind of estranged relationship. Like he doesn't call him dad. He calls him Mark in the movie. And, and you, that's like the only way you get the estranged nature of their relationship. But they're s- separated for so long in the movie that it almost, it is, it's so inconsequential. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter that they're, like, estranged because mm-hmm. he's trying to find a son like any anybody would. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make... Well, I mean, that's the con of this movie. If you're... They don't develop characters at all, really. You've got the girl who's driving the train and then sort of becomes the motherly figure. Yeah. By the end, was she always wanting to be a mother and couldn't have a child? Yeah, we don't know anything. There's nothing. She just becomes the motherly figure because, hey, script. Because she's the last woman to survive. 
in the yeah. the cast of characters. <laughs> and so the side characters, the homeless veteran, we've seen that before, who's mm-hmm. like kind of a little wise cracking. Yeah, but not so much. Yeah. He's more just like They're angry. And yeah. as opposed to like wisecracky, he's more just like mad at the world. Yeah, so I mean, there's no real reason to go into the rest of these characters. The only character that was really interesting to me was the intelligent chemist who is also a drug user and a drug maker. Right. To me, there's maybe something in that, but by that time of the movie, three-fourths through, they had already spent too much time wasting building this world, and we needed to get going, so we don't have time to develop that. Yeah. I think if you you look at all these side characters and the world they set up and how we kind of jump from location to location to location, you mentioned it while we were watching it. It it almost feels like a setup for a TV show. Yes, this should be a TV show. Because you could develop this giant cast of characters, because there really are, like, they go through them really fast, but there's tons of characters in this. Go to three separate locations alone in this movie. This could have been spread out over an entire season. Maybe even a season each location, honestly. <laughs> like, this I, this could have been a show. I mentioned it to you. I, this is the type of show I would watch. And I think they have something in here. It's not so much that a whole bunch of aliens are coming down and invading us and, you know, raping our planet of resources. This seems to be more like we're capturing humans, ripping out the brains so we can now create more soldiers off the brains with these like super suits yeah and there's there's only one real alien in this whole movie yes. the rest are all the, the human slaves so there's only one alien in this whole thing so i mean yeah they could have spread it out and we could have seen all the different aliens and how they capture their slaves and what they do you mm-hmm. know so many options to open this up for a show yes And another con on this is this just felt like normal sci-fi music going in. And I don't expect a company like this to, you know, get a grand uh, soundtrack going or anything. But this seemed like there was just a lot of stock sounds. Like I mentioned the one time where the alien gets shot and he just, it makes the loud monkey screech. Which we've seen in every alien movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on the score. Um, because the movie is trying to do something different and be bigger than probably the budget allows and things mm-hmm. like that. The movie ha- is very ambitious, and that's the that's one of the pros for this one, I think. It's a very, very ambitious movie. You'd think the score would follow suit. You'd think they'd try to do something weird and unique with the score or, like, the alien sound effects and things like that. You'd think how much they're trying to differentiate themselves from other alien movies, they would try to do that, too. But they kind of just stop short. Now, to go into pros, not to bash on this film, because there are pros on this film. For sure. I like the design of the aliens. I thought they were kind of cool. Very much Predator-ish in the way that they hold themselves, like the way they walk. The style of the aliens were not Predator-like. It's just how they carried themselves. And how they fought, too. They used a lot of blades. And hand-to-hand combat. Hand-to-hand, yeah. Yeah. It it does. It feels like a combination of, like, the Predator with the way they fight in their hand-to-hand style with, like, they walk like the arrival aliens. Remember? The knees go backwards Mm -hmm. and shit. They have, like, the the hardened heads, like the the Independence Day aliens. 
And then, like, the suits that they walk around in, like, the giant suits that they walk around in, like, Smash Cities with, they almost, like, kind of look like Cthulhu with, like, the, the tendril mouths and things like that. So it's, like, a combination of all these things. And I, I agree with you. I think they look cool. I like the look of the aliens. I like the look of the ship. I like the sets that, that like, the sets they use for the inside of the ship. Yeah, I, I like a lot. And I like the practical suits that they wear sometimes mm-hmm. in there. The CG is not quite there for how ambitious the movie is. It's not bad, though. I'm not shitting on it. It's just not quite probably what they'd want it to be for this type of movie. Well, it's kind of the drawback of being so ambitious is yours, your money for the CG that you need and the blue screen and all this. It's not there. It feels very video game-ish. Yeah. Now that I think about it, this movie feels like a video game. Yeah, you're moving up on the levels. You're meeting up with new characters. Yeah, very, very much like a video game. Another another thing I just want to give props to their ambitiousness of. The original Skyline came out in theaters. This obviously went direct-to-video. I guess it played theatrically in some territories, but not here. The first one was a PG-13, you know, wide-release movie. To go and do a lower, probably lower-budget, R-rated mm-hmm. sequel was kind of bold. I like I like that choice. I don't know if it fully paid off, but I like the choice. Yeah, I agree with you. And this made money in, say, Japan, Indonesia. I looked up the international markets. It's it's making its money. It just went to VOD here in Canada, United States, and I assume Mexico because you know it just said North America. Yeah, so it probably covered so, all of it. Besides money, making money in different territories, it did well in Rotten Tomatoes we looked up. It's got 73% right now. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I would say this is more of a 45% movie, 50%. It's very uh, middling, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would I would put it in the middle. The, the user score on IMTP was in the fives region, and that's where I kind of lay with it. I'd probably give it a six because it was watchable. It's kind of boring, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of in the middle with it. See, I think anything from 40 to 60% on Rotten Tomatoes is that definitely, like, it's not great and grand, grandiose, where everyone needs to see it. I mean, it's a genre film, but genre films are becoming much more popular now, and they certainly make money. The thing is, is like, this is just a middling sci-fi alien genre movie. It, it's not mm-hmm. It's not awful. It has some interesting things, but it has too many drawbacks. So it's just like, not everyone's going to want to see this. I think the last 20 minutes of this movie are really fun, and I wish the whole movie would have been that. But because they're trying to cover so much ground, when we're not slowing down with the characters the actions and the set piece they almost move too fast but then when we get to the characters it moves too slow but i think it all kind of came to a head nicely in the last 20 minutes i just wish the rest of the movie was like that if you're going to get eco nuaz uaz use him throughout more than just like the last 40 percent of the film and use him fighting the aliens like we got at the end. Because when they started doing that, I even mentioned to you, and I go, this is what I've been waiting for the entire film. Yeah, same, same. That's exactly how I felt. I think I think we're in total agreement on this one. I, I wanted it to be more fun, but I did enjoy the parts that were fun. And yeah, Eco's great in this movie, and I'm really excited to see him continue to do stuff now that he's popular and kind of blowing up. And if you're going to cast a beautiful Australian actress, let's not make her a train conductor. That makes no damn sense. It's so unbelievable. <laughs> like, she is stunning 
and she is like supposed to be the blue collar train driver and like the way they do it like to try to sell that to us is they put her in a baseball hat when you first see her and i'm just like it's it's just not working you're just not selling me this at all (laughs) and they didn't even put a train icon on the hat so she's just wearing a plain navy blue hat right yeah it's just uh just an odd decision like if you're gonna have her in the movie if you want this actress specifically, which I don't doubt, because she's she's fine in the movie and she's stunning to look at, have her be like the stunning girl on the train that's on her way to work or something like that, and then she becomes part of the group. Like, don't try to sell me as she's the train. Like, you got to cast somebody who looks a little more normal to be like the train driver. <laughs> like, yeah, add some character depth to her. Why are we making her the train conductor? Yeah, like I think that was their way of doing depth. Was they were like, she's pretty, but she's also blue collar. It's like, but you're not, you're not selling me on that. Like, why don't, yeah, why don't you have her be like the always, you know, judged because of her looks, but she's actually really smart and really like resourceful. All, all she does is carry a kid through this whole movie. <laughs> like they don't, they don't give her any depth whatsoever. She's not useless, but she's just not really important. Yeah. She's only really in most of this movie because she's eye candy, which is a shame. Because you could have done so much more with this character. I can tell she's got talent. Oh, you know, she is a good actress. She she props, like, mad props to her. It's just poor writing. All right, Matt, do you recommend this movie for our listeners? I would recommend a one-time waiting for your pizza to come watch. All right. I will only recommend this to alien sci-fi fans. Uh, the rest of the general public, no. Yeah, I would say the same. If you're a fan of these kind of movies, throw it on while you're waiting for your pizza to come. But uh, if you're not into sci-fi and you're not into aliens and you're not into these type of movies, you're you're okay skipping it. <laughs> Let's move on to our nerd news. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! All right, so our first bit of nerd news for this week is we saw that Lethal Weapon 5 was ready to go. Mel Gibson was in, Danny Glover was in, Richard Donner was back, and the writer from part four was back. Everybody was ready to go, and the studio just decided to micromanage it to the point where it's probably not going to happen anymore. Boo! Man, the first, second Lethal Weapon, I cannot get enough of. I love them. And the third one's good. I, I just, it wasn't as addicting as I thought, but that first one, ooh. I love them all. I mean, obviously, the first one's the best. It's got the Shane Black writing. It's, you know, the first time you're meeting these characters. Obviously, it's the best, and I could watch that movie. Just I could fall asleep to that movie. You know, like, it's just comfort. <laughs> At this point, I've seen it so many times. But I like all four, honestly. Do you fall asleep when you see Mel Gibson's butt in those tight pants? Uh, no, because I already have dreams of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't need to fall asleep to it because I'm already going to see it in my dreams. Mine's Danny Glover in his underwear in the fourth one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your that's your dream? Mm. He's Tasty. like he's 50 years old, and <laughs> he looks damn good. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not going to argue with you there. <laughs> but, yeah, we could have had this fifth movie. It was going to be the final chapter because everybody's fucking old now. Donner's almost 90. It, it made sense to just do one final one. Nostalgia's in right now, but micromanaged by Warner Brothers yet again. Maybe give him another year and they'll, they'll do it. Maybe if they can lose a little bit more money off another DC film. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to wait until Nostalgia's out, and then they're going to release and be like, well, why didn't make any money? Because <laughs> you waited too damn long. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, what's next? The Black Panther movie is coming out, and I'm very excited for it. Same. I can't wait. It looks great. Yes. I did notice that they caught the anti-group that was trying to take it down on Rotten Tomatoes. The anti-Facebook, alt-right, whatever they are. I know you love the alt-right Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're my favorite. I fucking... Ugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You should see his face right now. He's, he's like, he's just... He wants to just go off on this mic, but he's going to hold it back. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> That, I, I would say I would say some nasty shit, but I wouldn't want to make them get out of their parents' basement, you know, and fight me on it. <laughs> I just don't understand what the whole point of this is. They did it with the Star Wars, The Last Jedi, where they just attacked it on Rotten Tomatoes, and then Rotten Tomatoes came out and said, like, no, 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 no one fucked with the, the ratings, and then they found out, oh, of course they did. Someone fucked with the ratings, yeah. Like, and it's, it's the group because they're like, Disney's involved, so now it's the PC version of Star Wars. We want our all-male, all-white Star Wars. And it's like, shut up. Like, fucking open your eyes and go outside sometimes, you fucking fat losers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the ABC show Dinosaurs? Yes. Where the giant boss wouldn't leave the trailer because he was too huge? Yeah. That's what I see, like, someone who can't leave his trailer because he can't walk down, like, the three steps on it. So yeah. he just keeps ordering Domino's pizza. Yes. And he's <laughs> sitting there going, I'm going to sink the ratings of Black Panther so nobody sees it. Hey, got news for you guys. Star Wars Last Jedi made a billion and a half dollars. <laughs> you fucked up. You just wasted your time. <laughs> and, you know, Black Panther's probably going to make a billion dollars. I mean, it's already crashed uh, Fandango with its pre-sales. And I think all a lot of the early shows, like the Thursday and Friday shows, are already sold out almost everywhere. You're losers! <laughs> and you lost. <laughs> you already lost. Moving on to your last one. Yes, so the just a quick bit of news, because it's more visual. Uh, there's just been a lot of photos being dropped from the set of the new Halloween. And it really looks like they're just trying to tap into the 70s feel of the original obviously this is happening in modern day and it's set you know 40 years or whatever after the original but uh they're just they're capturing sort of the feel of the original movie the 70s gritty kind of feel that that had and uh, we we've seen images of jamie lee curtis back as laurie nick castle on set who's going to play the shape again for the first time since the original yeah it looks it looks like they really figured it out it looks like they're gonna they're really trying on this one it looks visually like they figured it out. Hopefully the story's good. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the, even the pictures, uh, Carpenter's on set. Mm-hmm. He's there. This isn't another, like, The Fog where he's just sitting back collecting a paycheck and slapping his name on the movie because uh, yeah, they, they wanted to remake his movie and they're going to pay him for it. He's there. He's active on that set. So I'm excited. 2004, The Fog? Was that when it was? Yeah greatest movie ever made i think you're right (laughs) i think you're right i don't think there's anything better i've seen it twice and i can't remember anything from it same exact same (laughs) saw it when it came out and was like man this is bad forgot all about it and then watched it again being like it can't be that bad and then forgot all about it (laughs) it is uh, it just burrows into your mind and it forces you to forget about it yeah it's the movie equivalent of the uh men in black light that they make you look into. <laughs> you just watch the fog and everything's gone. <laughs> what else are you watching right now? <laughs> I just got done watching Creep 2. Nice. I enjoyed it. It was interesting the way they do it because if you've not seen the original Creep, spoiler, he's a murderer. Mm. 
Uh, you've had like four years, so or three. I don't know. It's been a while. So, yeah, I think it's been like four years. Yeah. So you've you've had a while. It's if I just spoiled it for you. Sorry. <laughs> and this one is just a, a simple thing where another a documentarian comes in. He invites them, and it's her making a show about him being a serial killer and kind of trying to end it. I like that they just immediately are like, okay, this one we're not hiding. Is mm. he really going to kill this person or not? We already know. And kind now of a, it's kind of a Leslie Vernon behind the mask kind of thing, where like it's a documentary about a, a serial killer. Then. A very good movie right there. Yeah. Actually, I did not like Leslie Vernon, uh, the story of that, until the second time I watched it. The first time I watched it, it was like in a uh, party atmosphere terrible idea yeah no you gotta kind of pay attention to that one and like yeah there's stuff to like unpack from it yeah definitely not a party movie no screen factory did a release of that or it's coming out i think sometime soon next month yeah. next month i'll definitely purchase that one it's got a fantastic poster to that anyway creep 2 it's worth watching if you like the first one i personally think the first one's better because of the weirdness about it the first one was creepy the first time I watched it was, this was like one of those things on a Friday night where I'm like, I don't want to go to bed yet, even though it's like 11.30. So I just stuck it on, and it's a perfect in the middle of the night by yourself movie that's kind of just off-putting and odd. Nice. Yeah, it's, I want to see it. I, I really like the first one, so mm-hmm. I do want to watch it. I just haven't had a second yet to catch up on my Netflixes. I've heard a few people that enjoyed the second one more than the first so yeah, maybe, that's what I've heard, too. Yeah. I just don't agree with them, but that's okay. I still think it's cool that these independent, small movies are coming out. And it's really cool because there's not a lot of money in that, but there's a lot of talent. Yeah. It, I, that's what I've been hearing as well, that it's it's good and it's building. you know. And I think this is going to turn into kind of a little mini franchise, but like the fact that it is like a franchise that costs no money to make, I think that's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I've never seen actually how much the budget is, but I'm assuming it's like 200 grand. It's it's got to be oh, tiny. Yeah, the the first one was like a few thousand dollars. Like it was so low budget, it was nothing. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so I'm sure this one was more. Mark Duplass is more famous now, and you know it's a sequel that's going to Netflix. I'm sure there was some more money behind it, but still, it's a pretty pretty small movie. If you don't like penis. Don't watch Creep 2. There's definitely a penis in there. I love penises in movies. <laughs> I do. It's it's a it, it's still so taboo to put a penis in a movie. I love when a movie's just like fuck you and drops a dick in there. <laughs> oh, this one drops a dick. Trust me. Good. Good. We deserve it. We deserve it. Let's move into your Horrorama Festival. Yeah, so I'll just talk about this uh, real quick. Uh, I could probably talk about it for hours and days on end. but uh, So I haven't been watching anything new because I've been watching submissions for Windy City Horrorama, which is the festival that I'm putting together with uh, my buddy Alex, who is the programmer for the Chicago International Film Festival's uh, After Dark section, so the horror stuff. He knows festivals. I know horror movies. So we teamed up, and we're doing this together. And so we've been kicking through the submissions. We've gotten a ton, a ton of submissions so far, uh, almost 100, uh, which is really good for a first-time festival. And I, we've been watching them all, and it's a little, little mind-melting. But we've gotten so much good stuff. 
So no matter what happens, I can promise you this. When Windy City Horrorama hits the Davis Theater in Chicago, uh, April 27th through the 29th, it's going to be a great time. And these movies are going to be awesome. I can't say which ones yet because we're still deciding. But the movies that we're going to have are going to be amazing. And you're, you're going to want to come out for this. If you're in the Chicago area and you're thinking about it and you're considering it, just trust me as like a horror fan. There is so much good stuff coming out of the indie community. Uh, you're going to want to see these things. Uh, they're, they're so good. And then besides that, I wanted to mention we will be at Bucket of Blood, which is our place where we do our screenings there. We have a screening coming up on February 24th. We're showing the original Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be free. So come out to that. And after that, on March 23rd, we're going to be at Bucket of Blood announcing the program for Horrorama. So again, if you're in the Chicago area, come out for that. We're going to announce all the films we're playing, what time, when, how you can get tickets. We'll probably be giving a ton of stuff away. Uh, we'll definitely have some free beer there. Come out. It's just going to be a hang sesh. We're not watching anything that day. We're just going to be talking about the fest. We're going to be giving away free things. All you got to do is come out and just support us and hang out with the people that made the fest happen and we'll tell you all about it then uh, and e as we go on each episode i'll be able to drop a little bit more info as well little little sneak previews so definitely check out the rest of our episodes leading up to april 27th because i'll be able to give little nuggets of information as they come out that is awesome i can't wait tag of the killer tomatoes also a great poster Yes, yes, I cannot wait to show this movie with a crowd. We're already expecting another full house like we've had for the past few screenings of Bucket of Blood, and I really want to see this with a crowd of drinking people ready to have fun. I know what the second movie is going to be, but whatever it is, um, when it's announced, uh, you guys are going to really enjoy that double feature as well. So that's going to be February 24th, which is a Saturday, so come out and check that out for sure if you're in the area. Yes, if you are from out of town or even in town and you have not seen or checked out Bucket of Blood, go there. Trust me, support these little businesses like this because they are awesome. Yeah, talk about just like carrying the torch for horror genre in general. Like, damn, so much good stuff there. <laughs> Wish I could buy it all. <laughs> I try to buy one VHS there every time and i love the reaction of every time i bring the one i choose up to the front i always get some type of like little comment <laughs> yeah you know that's the that's the best and they have such good vhs's there too it's not like skimming through the the goodwill or whatever which can be fun too but like they've they've got all the qualities they got all the stuff you want so yeah like it's it's awesome their selection there Yes. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that place out. Even if you're not from here, like make a trip and come check it out. It's a cool place. You won't regret it. All right, next week we are moving on to a little New Line Cinema film, a VHS that is called Lost in Space from 1998. I cannot wait to talk I about this movie. <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been biting my tongue through Beyond Skyline, being like, oh, the good one's coming. The one I really want to talk about's coming. <laughs> Lost in Space is next week. If you haven't seen it, dig out your old VHS. I know you have it. Don't lie. Everybody has it. I've got the same VHS that Steve has. We all have that same VHS. Dig it out of your parents' basement, pop it in, watch it, and just take it a little nostalgia trip with us next week. All right. We will see you then. See ya.